Welcome back, guys. You're here with the Faith FM Breakfast team with Encounter with God as we move on with our morning show. And this morning we are studying, as we have been as part of the 20 Million Movement, uh, the subject of unity. Unity in the Bible and particularly unity in worship. And don't forget that every day you can join a movement of faith a movement of 20 million other people right around the world who are all studying the same passage of the Bible at the same time. Mon will be back in a moment with the quiz clue. But while we're waiting for Mon, we're going to read some of the most sublime worship passages that you'll find anywhere in Scripture, and I'm super excited about these ones because over the last two weeks at Maitland Church, these are the passages that I have been preaching on, namely Revelation Four and five. So your homework for today, when you get home or when you uh, finish your work or finish your commute, whatever it might be, your homework for today is to read Revelation 4 and 5, two of the greatest um, worship passages that you'll find anywhere in Scripture. These, of course, these two passages, are they form part of the introduction to a prophecy, and that prophecy is called the Prophecy of the Seven Seals, which traces the history of uh, of our world and of the church down through to the return of Christ. And, of course, this is the, the primary reason for the praise and worship that is taking place here is that it is the, uh, um, it, it's about the redemption, first of all, that Jesus offers in the beginning of the prophecy, and then... It's about the second coming of Jesus when he comes back in power and great glory. And so if we go to this prophecy in Revelation chapter 4, and I'm going to read it from my old KJV simply because I love the way it writes it. It says, After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and I heard a voice like a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up here, and I will show you things which must be hereafter. Immediately I was in the Spirit. Behold, a throne was set in heaven. One came, someone came and sat on the throne, and he that sat was to look look at like a jasper and a sardine stone. There was a rainbow round about the throne in sight like an emerald. And round about the throne were 24 seats, and upon the 24 seats I saw 24 elders clothed in white clothing, and they had on their heads crowns of gold. Here we are introduced to a passage in which... The throne room of God Himself is seen. One of a number, a very small number of places in the Bible where uh, prophets were taken actually into the throne room of God and were able to observe what was taking place in the throne room of God. And here we see worship at its highest, worship at its fullest, worship at its most complete as uh, the heavenly inhabitants worship God face to face right there in his own throne room. Uh, Mon, why don't you keep, keep reading for us there in verse 5. Uh, your translation might be a little bit simpler than mine, but uh, Revelation 4 and verse 5, we're going to be uh, looking at some, some, in, some, some of the highlights as we go down through this, but let's just get a big picture of the grandeur and the awesomeness and the power of God. From the throne came flashes of lightning <clears throat> and rumble of thunder, and in front of the throne were seven torches with burning flames. This is the sevenfold spirit of God. In front of the throne was a shiny sea of glass, sparkling like crystal. 
In the center and around the throne were four living beings, each covered with eyes front and back. Okay, so let's stop there for a moment. And this is one of the things that you're going to notice. Uh, whenever you are studying passages of the Bible that deal with heaven and God's throne room in particular, what you find is that the authors don't actually have the words in their language to be able to describe what they're seeing. Mm. It's a little bit like uh, if you were to take John or Ezekiel, because Ezekiel is another one of those prophets who has a vision of the throne room of God. And you know what John covers in three verses, Ezekiel covers in two chapters. So Ezekiel has a lot more detail. So Ezekiel 1 and 10, if you want to go and read that for homework as well, then uh, that will give you a an image there, a picture of, of, of God's throne room. But it's a, it's a little bit like, you know, imagine, Mon, if we were to take these two guys uh, from their day, launch them into the future, into our day. Yeah. Right? And so then we, so we give fun. them a bit of a tour around for the day. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, we t- take them to work, take them to the, to the radio studio, explain what's happening here, show them all of our social medias, how that works. You know, um, maybe take them down to the airport, fly them up to the Gold Coast and back, you know, quick short flight. Let them play with an iPhone. <laughs> Let them play with an iPhone for a while, drive them around, take them to the beach. Mm-hmm. Um, and then send them back to their day and tell them to write down everything that they saw. And to describe it to their fellow people. And it, do, mm-hmm. do they have the words in their language to no, describe what they saw? No. Even if they knew it was called an iPhone, how are they going to explain what an iPhone is to their yeah, fellow that, people? <laughs> that's right. They had these iPhones. They had a what? <laughs> <laughs> it would be quite hilarious to see. You know, what, kind of, what kind of words would a 1st century or a 5th uh, century BC prophet use to describe an iPhone? Yeah. Or to describe an aircraft? Mm-hmm. Or to describe social media? Yeah. You know, social media is like, it's almost as much as a concept and a construct than it is. A <laughs> thing. Like, what words do they have that actually describe that? Mm-hmm. You know, they have gossip, but it goes through the air, and everybody sees it <laughs> <laughs> on a screen. What's a screen? <laughs> How do they see it? Well, they see it on a piece of glass. <laughs> yeah. They have glass. Yeah, yeah. They see it on a piece. How do you see gossip on a piece of glass? You know, it would just be. I would just be impossible. I would just love to hear them try and explain a motorbike. It's like a horse, but it's got wheels. But it's only got two wheels. But (laughs) and it doesn't need a horse. Yeah, that's right. right. You ride it, but um, (laughs) Uh, it would be so much fun. I would love to have a time machine. Mm. Oh, for sure. It would just be the best thing Mm. ever. I think that's why time machine movies are so popular. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because people are always like, you know, this is what I would do kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. Love to play themselves in that. And they they just generate so much imagination. Yeah, absolutely. Particularly if you could go back in time and take a few cool things with you. Yeah. (laughs) Go go back in time and put an iPhone in my pocket. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. And when I get there, I'll, um, you know. I mean, you get a little bit of that experience. You know, I had a little bit of that experience when I was in uh, in the Solomon Islands, a very remote place, um, seven hours hike from the end of the four-wheel drive track, and um, amongst villagers who had uh, – we were the second time white people had ever been there. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Um, living totally traditional lives, and particularly the kids. You know, you pull your iPhone out and start taking photos and then show them their own photos. It was, you know, whenever I wanted to do an evening meeting mm-hmm. – because they had no concept of time. We couldn't say, look, hey, rock up at 6 o'clock. You know, that didn't work like that. 
So whenever I wanted to do an evening meeting, I'd uh, sit down with my iPhone and start flicking through photos. And of course, instantly I'd be surrounded by kids. And so I'd start taking their photos and taking selfies with them. And, and they would just laugh their heads off. You know, they're seeing their faces on the screen. Uh-huh, uh-huh. All this. They thought it was the, the most amazing thing. They just, <laughs> just, they were just, you know, their minds were melting. And, of course, within no time, you'd have a great crowd of kids and then, of course, the kids would bring the adults and the adults were kind of shy. Mm-hmm. You know, they'd be sort of standing back but really, really keen, like really, really wanting to look but shy to actually engage. Mm-hmm. And then you'd call them around, start a meeting, start preaching the Word of God. And, nice. And had a, a, a 12-volt uh, video projector <laughs> and a, um, a bunch of, uh, you know, um, Christian documentaries, that kind of stuff on, on a USB stick. Plug it into the projector, connect it up to a motorbike battery, and away you go. That's amazing. <laughs> Beyond series DVDs for the first time ever on a USB stick. <laughs> in the middle and of nowhere. It was in the Solomons, in the middle of nowhere. That's awesome. <laughs> it does give you a, a bit of an insight into what it would be like, but you can understand the struggle. You know, we, we had a, uh, a 15-year-old girl that we... we um, and, and a 10-year-old boy that we took out of there for medical attention who had, um, who had never been out of the bush. Oh, really? They'd never seen a boat. They'd never seen a car. They'd never seen... They'd seen aeroplanes fly over. Mm-hmm. And they had seen a helicopter. A helicopter had been there once. Wow. Uh, but, you know, the, and we took them down to Honiara, you know, and just the, 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 the girl, she was like super quiet, but the little boy... He was so excited, you know, pull up, pull up in Honiara beside this massive container ship, you know, and uh, it was, it, it was, eyes were just bogging out of his head. You know, <laughs> took him down to the airport the next day and this plane's taking off and, you know, roaring down the runway and, uh, yeah, just really, really catching his attention in a very powerful way. Um, that's a little bit of a challenge, isn't it? I can, we don't know what the time is. Something's about to click on, but... Um, See, it's flashing red. It's flashing red. It's not flashing. There it goes. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. There we go. We're back again. Uh, this time we can see what's going on. That's always um, so much better, more yeah. comforting to know much how much time we have. Okay, so we're reading this. You know, John is seeing the throne room of heaven. He does not have the words to describe it. The Bible says, I has not seen, he has not heard. Neither has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for us. You know, so you have not even been able to imagine, just as John would not be able to imagine an iPhone, we cannot imagine what God has prepared for us. No, it's so exciting. It is super, super exciting. Okay, Uh, a couple of key points here. Verse 5, the Bible says, Out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Whereabouts is the throne room when this takes place? Uh, Where do you find seven lamps of fire? I don't know. It's called the menorah. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, I suppose. On earth it's called the menorah. Menorah, yeah. Yes. When you but say seven torches, you... I think of something like much bigger than a candle. Ah, uh, ha, ha, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like pitchforks and torches. Because <laughs> oh, you've got the newer translation. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. The seven lamps. And, of course, you find that Jesus is standing in the seven lamps at the introduction to the seven churches. And here we find that same imagery once again. And, of course, the lampstand was a symbol of the Holy Spirit and the seven different aspects of the Holy Spirit. And the primary aspect of the Holy Spirit being divinity. 
And so you've got one lamp lampstand with seven different lamps. Um, you find those seven different aspects of the Holy Spirit in Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 2. Uh, so that's, if you want to write it down, it is, is Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 2 where you will find uh, those seven different aspects and, of course, the divinity of the Holy Spirit being the primary aspect of the Holy Spirit, symbolized by the lampstands. Okay, so whereabouts is the throne room? Uh, in front of the throne. Was it? It's in, it's in behind the shiny sea of glass. No, it's on the sea of glass. It's up, oh, it says in front of the throne was a shiny sea of glass. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's very All close right. by. Yeah, yeah. Either okay. on or next to or in or... You're right. Yeah. It could be on the shore. Mm-hmm. Wonder what a sea of glass is. You know, we didn't even yeah. know what that is. It's yeah. like maybe, maybe it's a massive screen. Maybe, yeah. Maybe this is how the judgment takes place. It's just all under your feet. Yeah, sea of glass. That's a, that would be an old timey way to describe a screen. Yeah, that's true. Who knows? Oh, I think our screens um, are probably God would be like, yeah, whatever. You're crazy. That's so primitive. <laughs> a screen. As if we would use a screen. Uh, anyway. Um, okay. Yeah, but, 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 but. Mm-hmm. Where do you find the seven-branch candlestick? Uh, let me have a look. The seven in front of the throne. It's in front of the throne. It's in front of the Everything's throne. Everything's in front of the throne, apparently. Everything's in, okay, so the seven, if the seven-branch candlestick is in front of the throne, mm-hmm. on earth where do you find the seven-branch candlestick? In the Sanctuary. And whereabouts in the sanctuary? Next to the... Oh, hang on. Altar of incense. Yeah, I'm and going through little of... images in my mind. As yeah. a path, <laughs> a little pathfinder brain's kicking into gear here. I'm placing all the little bits and pieces around the room. <laughs> okay, so next to the altar of incense and beside the table of showbread, right? That's right. Yeah, I knew it was mm-hmm. next to the bread. And so you have a courtyard, mm-hmm. you have a holy place, and you have a most holy place. Mm-hmm. Where is the seven-branch candlestick? It's in the holy place. It's in the holy place. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. All right. So what we find here is that um, the throne has just been placed in the holy place. And that's significant because it gives us a time period. Mm -hmm. Uh, This, of course, is when Jesus has just ascended into heaven and his ministry in the sanctuary is about to begin. Because the Bible talks about his, his multiple ministries in various sections of the... Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this gives you a time frame. And that's always important. So here the throne, the throne of God, we find, has just been placed in the holy place where intercession takes place uh, on our behalf. Of course, that intercession takes place in the most holy place as well. But anyway, this is the... So here's the, here's the, here's the picture that we are getting. AD 31. Jesus has died, been buried, he's resurrected, and now he's ascended to heaven. Mm-hmm. Throne is set in the holy place. Somebody comes and sits on the throne. That's the Father. You've got 24 elders surrounding. You've got these four living creatures. And Jesus is about to arrive. Oh, I wish we, had, well, we wish we had a week that we could spend on this chapter. <laughs> okay, so then the Bible goes on in verse 7 and 8 and describes the four living creatures. Remarkable description. Uh, the first was like a lion, the second like a calf, the third had the face like a man, the third was like a flying eagle. And they had six wings, and they're full of eyes, and they don't rest night and day, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Why don't you read for us verse 9 and 10? 
Whenever the living beings give glory and honor and thanks to the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever, the four, 24 elders fall down and worship the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever. And they lay their crowns before the throne and say... Okay, let's stop there before we hear what they say. Notice what is happening. This is a worship scene, isn't it? Absolutely. This is, this is total worship taking place in mm-hmm. heaven. This is adoration. The Father is sitting on the throne. Mm-hmm. The 24 elders, the four living creatures, they're just worshipping, worshipping and praising uh, the Father for who he is and what God has done. Let me read verse 11. This is what they actually say. You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you have created all things, and for your pleasure they are and were created. Okay, so that's really, really uh, fascinating right there. Notice what the Bible says. Uh, you're worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you have created all things. For what reason? Uh, they exist because you created what you please, like for, for his pleasure. For his pleasure. Yeah, 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 yeah. How do you get pleasure from a person? Oh, from having communication with them and spending time with them and contact Absolutely. with them and relationship with them. Mm-hmm. Which really speaks uh, volumes about the character Can of you God. get a pleasure from a person just by looking at them? No. There's one or two people yeah. that look nice, but I think yeah. there's about eight people in the world that uh, fall into that category. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. And you only that only works. That only actually, um, you know, there's about uh, but, and and by saying that, I'm there's about eight people in the world that are uh, in the category of uh, supermodels. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, you can get pleasure from anyone on this earth, regardless of whether they're a supermodel or not, by having a relationship with them. That's right. It doesn't matter whether they are the most attractive person or the least attractive person. And the simple reality is that if you were friends with a supermodel, if you knew a supermodel and you had the opportunity to be friends with that supermodel and all you ever did was look at them. It'd be a very boring relationship. Really creepy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that too. Okay, so if God had created us just to be looked at, that would be very creepy and very off-putting and very, very boring. You would get bored of it, I'm thinking, after about 10 minutes. Oh, absolutely. I'd, I'd be after the second like, minute. Yeah, that's a, mm-hmm. that's a really beautiful person right there. You know, amazing figure, amazing physique, whatever it is. But, you know. I can't interact with them. Yeah, yeah, it'd be very dull. Yeah. This this verse really. I mean, we have we have certain celebrities like. Uh, um, Here we go, Lyle. Trying to think of a celebrity name. <laughs> Chris, what's his name? Hemsworth. Yeah, I knew you would. I knew you'd know that name. You know, <laughs> where um, you know, you look at the guy and, and he's an attractive guy, right? Yeah. 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 You don't think so? I prefer Chris Pratt, but okay. yeah, go on. Chris Pratt. Okay. Well, Chris Pratt. We'll use Chris Pratt as an example then. Uh huh. And you think he's an attractive guy? It's like, yeah, he's a nice guy to look at. Mm-hmm. But um, would you be satisfied if, uh, you know, he was your next-door neighbor and all you ever did was just look? No. 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 You'd be bored with that in 10 minutes. Oh, for sure, for sure. Let's go knock on this guy's door and and get to find out what kind of a person actually is he. Make him some cookies. (laughs) Make him some, uh, yeah, absolutely. There you go. Anyway. But this but this Bible verse does actually He's into smash, healthy food too as well. Yeah, it does smash the concept of, of God being an arbitrary God who's just interested in... He's a bit of a greenie like you. I think you're getting your Chris's mixed up. Oh, I? Okay. Yeah. All right. But yeah, he, I probably do. <laughs> but, you know, this, people have this concept of God who's not interested in our lives and who just wants to, you know, burn us in hell forever. Like, it's such a... I mean, these verses like this, of which there are so many, just completely makes that null and void. 
Absolutely. Yeah. That he created us for his pleasure. Does it nothing to do with, you know, he doesn't want anything to do with it. He's not an absentee God. He's not an absentee father. He wants to be involved with us. Most definitely. And the whole purpose of our creation was so that we could be his friend forever. For eternity. Mm, absolutely. The whole reason that he died for us. You know, we have, Christians have this Christian, he's, he's saying like, Jesus died for our salvation, which a lot of people out there in non-Christian land are like, what does that even mean? We don't get that. Uh, but Jesus died for your friendship. That's why Jesus died. Sad with holy, 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 and I tend to think that uh, Audrey's version, yeah, probably not a patch on the version of the 24 elders and the four living creatures. Oh, yeah, absolutely. same song, same song, but different words, mm-hmm. probably, but yeah. <laughs> maybe different tune. Who knows? But I'm pretty sure it's a different tune. 
But and even though Audrey said what did a sensational and amazing job of that. Agree, you backpedal. <laughs> Not, uh, Not a patch. And I think yeah. she would agree with me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but the good thing is that... Um, we get to find out one day. And mm-hmm. I think that uh, Audrey said will one day be able to uh, look forward to maybe doing a, um, you know... A combined piece with uh, the Twenty Four Elders and the Four Living Creatures, <laughs> and I might join in too. Yeah, yeah maybe singing in public for maybe. the first time ever. <laughs> you and me both. It's funny we work in radio and neither of us can sing. <laughs> <laughs> At least you know about music. Yeah, well, well, yeah, I suppose. I mean, I don't know about like you know reading music and all that kind of stuff, but I, you know, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, but you know what music is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. kind of <laughs> music. You're in the dark like, completely. Yeah. <laughs> music, celebrities. Well, you knew what a crescendo was, Lyle. That was quite impressive <laughs> for you. There you go. <laughs> own it. Own it, Lyle. Okay, let me, before we get too much further, let me give you the fourth clue for it's our What Booker Mike quiz. We missed the quiz last time. Yes, yeah, sorry about that. Why, why, did we, why did we miss the because quiz? Because I was in the kitchen and didn't realise we were back on air. <laughs> I just totally blanked. I was there like just chopping up my breakfast mango and then started strolling back towards the studio and then I see Lyle speaking in the on-air sign. I'm like, what? <laughs> I have a job. <laughs> I work. And I'm running the studio and the producer's like, you've missed two minutes. I was just off with the mango fairies. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, this is why I love doing radio with you, Mom. <laughs> it's so entertaining. I, uh, <laughs> very sorry about that, guys. <laughs> what um, would I do? What will I do if I get a, if I ever get a co-host that... Who's um, not a, mo- a monron? A moron? <laughs> a monron. <laughs> I don't know. It's going to be so boring. Be like. <laughs> oh, okay, let me give you the fourth clue for this What Book Am I clue, uh, quiz. The division of Israel into two kingdoms, northern and southern, occurs in my 12th chapter. Ooh. This book, chapter 12, yes. civil war. Civil, yeah, civil war. Northern and southern Israeli kingdoms. In this book, chapter 12, this kingdom did... What this kingdom did back in 1859. Oh. Yes. Mm. Because it was in 1859 that this kingdom of New South Wales, Wales. North New South Wales, renamed itself. It seceded. It split off and Abdicated. called itself Queensland. What do, they, what, do they call, what do they call that in pirate language again? Pirate language? When they, when they like... Uh, mutiny! Uh, mut- they're oh, mutineers. Mut- oh, mut- oh. <laughs> Queenslanders are just a bunch of mutineers. That's what they are. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not quite... Not quite seeing the exact correlation there. But I think it's a pretty good one, though. When you commit mutiny, don't you, like, take over and, like, you know, rename the boat? It's now about... One knows more about celebrities than me, but less about... Boats. (laughs) And then they make the captain walk the plank, right? Is that what they do to the governor of North South New South Wales? (laughs) I am rewriting history here today, folks. (laughs) (laughs) All right, moving on from there. Getting back to our Bible study. So many things... Let's just let's just do Monday's uh, um, study all week. How about that? Okay, sure. All right. I'm down for that. Cool. Verse five, chapter five, verse one. The lamb opens the scroll. Then I saw. Oh, a scroll. You're not supposed to read the heading. It gives sorry, it away. Sorry. Then I saw a scroll in the right hand of the one who was sitting on the throne. There was writing on the inside and of the outside of the scroll, and it was sealed with seven seals. Okay, so here he has a book. What's significant about the book? Two things. Give me two things that are significant about it. Okay, it was writing on the inside and on the outside. Right. And it was sealed up with seven seals. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now the seals. What you find is that they are okay. So you have got to think of a book mm-hmm. in the terms of a first-century book. Yep. 
doesn't have pages. Is one long piece of paper that's rolled up. Rolled up, yeah, yeah, yeah. So therefore, you only ever write on one side of it. That's right, yeah. But he's got one that's written on both sides. It's a double-sided book. So what's the significance of that? Ah, you think that? Not be- only that, not only that, but it's rolled up with mm-hmm. seven seals. And that's what you're a going lot to find, of seals. What you're going to find is, as you crack each seal, you can unroll a portion. Then you crack a next seal, and you unroll another portion. Oh, so they're not like all in a line. They're not all in a line. Okay. And, and we're talking about wax seals, not like ooh, 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 seals. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. Wax seals. Yeah, yeah, good. Just want to clarify that. <laughs> um, well, um, yeah, yeah. We use all kinds of different. You know, it's like putting a sticker over it these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, okay, yeah. All right. So that's the kind of book that we're dealing with. It's a double-sided book. Mm-hmm. Okay. Keep reading. And I saw a strong angel who shouted with a loud voice, "Who is worthy to break the seals on this scroll and open it?" But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll and read it. Then I began to weep bitterly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll and read it. Okay. That's where I'm going to stop you. Don't. (laughs) (laughs) What was his response to not being able to read the book? He starts crying. This book is in the right hand of God. Wow. It obviously contains... The words of God. Mm-hmm. And he is that keen to read that book. Well, maybe he's like spotted some of the right on the outside. He can like sort of see it and he's like, oh, I want to read the rest of that. Oh, mm-hmm. maybe, mm-hmm. maybe. Mm-hmm. It's like been tantalized. All right, maybe. But he also, okay, so, but, but think, the, the, the big point here is, is the word of God. Yeah. Have you ever approached the word of God like that? So desperate to find out what it says. That if you can't, you would weep. That's very profound. There are many people throughout history who oh, have. Absolutely. And who have sacrificed their life mm. just to get their hands on a copy of the Word of God. And I think people in Australia don't really understand that because we live in a country where we're still allowed to read our Bibles. But in countries where it's forbidden, you would be weeping for the Bible. Yeah, we had somebody here in the studio recently that had uh, a handwritten Bible. Really? Yeah. Wow. I've helped write several handwritten Bibles, but I've never like seen one. Okay, in but completion. this was handwritten out of necessity. Oh wow, wow! Yes, mm-hmm. the only way they were ever going to get a copy of the Bible, and they just you know they had uh, you know your standard um, school book with yep, writing yep. pages mm-hmm. in it, textbook, and yeah. they had a, had a pile of those, mm-hmm. and they just written out the whole Bible because the only wow. way they could get a copy of it. Wow! Yeah, just mind-bogglingly amazing. A country that will rem- remain unnamed. Okay. Bring Prophira out from that, but go on. <laughs> yes. A country where there is persecution, where people do lose their lives for being Christians. And they would definitely be weeping for Bibles, yeah. Absolutely. <clears throat> and this is where John's at. Okay, so he really, really wants to find out what's inside this book. Okay, so there's some clues to this book. Let me share with you a, uh, a clue very quickly that is worth consideration. It is a double-sided book. And in the first century in ancient Israel, there were double-sided documents. But they weren't your standard storybook. Your standard storybook was never written down as a double-sided book. But they were double-sided documents, and these were legal documents. All right, so what we've got here is legal language that is Ooh, being brought okay. in. okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So there's legal language being introduced right here. And what happens in a legal situation is that, you know, uh, you've got a great example. Uh, I think it's in Jeremiah 32. 
uh, where Jeremiah buys some land, and you've got the whole story of how that transaction, that legal transaction takes place. Now you write up the contract, and then you sign it. Um, in ancient Israel, guess where they would sign a legal document? At the bottom of the scroll? Nope. At the top of the scroll? Nope. On the seal? Nope. In they blood? They would sign it on the back. Oh, on the back. Okay, okay and it's a, really good, it's a really smart move because you think about it. Mm-hmm. Sign it at the bottom. Someone can cut the bottom off with a razor blade and re-sign it. That's true. Sign it at the top. They can do the same thing. Yep. Sign it at the back. What are you going to do? Destroy the whole document if you do that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You've got to, uh, and, and of course, it'll be signed by the people who are involved and the witnesses and so forth. And so what here we have is some legal documents. <coughs> we need to find out. And by the way, <coughs> these ones are signed in blood. But anyway, this is all hail the power of Jesus' name. All hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Now you sing and I'm going to listen. said than done but there's a program called forgive to live designed to help us all improve our lives and discover the healing power of forgiveness so if you're keen to take that first step head to forgive to live.org.au do you enjoy fantastic food fun friends and fellowship sure do then join us at the Philos Food Hub. For $5, you can receive a large food pack with free fruit and veggies thrown in and a complimentary breakfast as well. Wow. Where? At the Adventist Church on Newcastle Road, Walls End, number 63. Is that the big iconic A-frame church near the roundabout? Sure is, and it starts 10 a.m. every Thursday. Great. I'll see you there. You're listening to Faith FM. Positively different radio.
Welcome back to Faith FM. We're up to the question of the day time, but one last clue for this quiz. What book am I? Final clue here. I am the book directly after Second Samuel. Whip open your Bible. And before we go, yeah, okay. So, so. And, uh, and have a look at what, what book that is and give us a call on 1-800-FAITH-FM. And, uh, of course, uh, well, not of course, but during the break, uh, Graham Stewart has just called in. Oh, with yeah. His, with his dad joke of the day. Graham, welcome to our show. Oh, thanks, Lyle. So, uh, dad joke of the day. What have you got for us today, Graham? Okay. Are you ready for this? Uh, I hope so. This, this is um, non-theological. So um, don't get upset if you don't believe in the theology of it. All right. So, <laughs> in other words, have your heresy heresy alarm on a hair trigger right now. <laughs> okay. When the computers were designed and, and manufactured and made in the world, mm. Satan shot up into heaven, and he said to God the Father, he said, "They've just they've just invented this computer thing down in, in on the earth," and he says. I've been playing with them, and I am the best in the whole universe on a computer. Father God says to him, Satan, that's not right. He said, yes, it is. I am the best in the universe on a computer. He said, no, Jesus is much better on a computer than you. Oh, he says, that's not on. He says, I demand a duel. Set up two computers, and we'll go through everything together, and I'll show you that I'm the best. So they set up two computers. Satan asked for an apple. And Jesus said, no, 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 no way am I going to use an apple computer. It's got a bite out of that piece of fruit, and it reminds me of a lot of problems. And that's not the joke. But anyway, it's PC against Apple thing. But they set up the computers, and they're going through word processing. They're going through PowerPoint. They're going through programming, and suddenly – very out of character for heaven, there was a huge lightning bolt hit the power of heaven and all the power went out. Satan's computer went completely black. Jesus' computer went completely black and then the power came back on. Satan tried to get his computer on and he goes, it won't turn on. I've lost everything, everything I was doing. I've lost a lot. Jesus touches his computer and it all came on. Everything that he was doing was still there saved. And Satan says, this is not fair. How did you do that? And Jesus looked at him and said, Jesus saves. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus we had to, saves. We, okay, so that, there is actually a, a good lesson to that one there, Graham. There is a good because lesson. Jesus does save, and the devil can he, never do that. I demand a refund. He can never do that. <laughs> I want a refund on this dad joke. <laughs> <laughs> do I get a surprise up? No. Uh, <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> hey, Graham, thanks for coming on the show today. Well, I'm not sure whether I'm thankful or not, but um, we were glad you were on the show today. You won't forget, Jesus saves. <laughs> Jesus saves, absolutely, and Satan can never do that. Good lesson for us today. Thanks, Graham, and uh, yeah, we need to get on with our uh, question of question the day. Question of the day. Lyle, what is the most accurate version of the Bible? Ooh. Mm. The King James Version. Prove it, because we've had a bit of discussion <laughs> on our socials. Well, we have too, yeah, haven't we? Yeah, on all okay, our so socials, basically, basically, it works like this. 
Um, this is going to vary from one language group to another. So we are assuming that this person is asking this question in relationship to the English language. Did, yes. Um, and the second thing is that there is no such thing as a perfect translation. You are a person who speaks two languages. Mm-hmm. You would know that a perfect translation is impossible. You can't just turn one word into another word. Correct. Because often you need to add in words or take out words to make a sentence structure that actually makes sense. And all translations have been done by human beings, uninspired human beings. And so you're never going to have a perfect translation. And I love my King James Version. It's my favorite ever. But I could show you some mistakes in it. Um, some translational mistakes like where it talks about sick handkerchiefs and so forth. But uh, we don't have to go there this morning. The point is, none of them are perfect. What you've got to aim for then is the best one. And so here at uh, Faith FM, we use two translations. We use the KJV and we use the NLT. Uh, The NLT is a more thought-for-thought translation. It's more like a devotional uh, kind of a Bible. It's uh, easy to read, easy to understand, but it doesn't, it's not always as clear theologically. And so when you want a Bible for studying theological truth, for discovering truth, for doing a in-depth Bible study, you need a translation that is a more word-for-word translation. And your KJV family of Bibles uh, aim to be a word-for-word translation rather than a thought-for-thought translation. With a thought-for-thought translation, you are relying on the thoughts of the translator, not the thoughts of the author. If it was the thoughts of the author, yeah, great, but it's not. It's the thoughts of the translator, and I don't trust that all the time. So a word-for-word translation gives me the opportunity for me with my Bible study between me and God and the Holy Spirit and a study of the Scriptures to be able to find out the thoughts of the author, not the thoughts of the translator. And so that's where you need to head for deep Bible study. Um, Now, Along with that, of course, you need to consider what the Bible is trans. There are some excellent translations out there of very poor manuscripts and vice versa, some excellent translations of some very good manuscripts. The argument there basically is majority versus oldest. So you've got the majority manuscripts where, you know, you've got, you know, 98% of all manuscripts read the same. They look like this. And then you've got some older manuscripts that read a bit differently. Uh, they make up about two percent of the ancient manuscripts that are in uh, th- that are available. Some argue that the older ones are more accurate. Some argue that the majority is more accurate. Personally, I take the argument, and we can probably have this in depth argument in depth uh, some other time when we've got more time, or jump on our social media and comment. I take the view that the majority manuscript is much better to go with than the older one, particularly when you look at the pedigree of the older ones and where they originated from. It raises some very large question marks over um, how. Yeah, the, the the motives behind the people who actually made those manuscripts. So those are some of the different arguments and the different discussions that are out there. The most important thing, of course, is that you read the Bible. I came to Jesus through reading the NIV, which is now one of my least favorite translations. Uh, but the most important thing is to actually get a Bible and read it, and you will find Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you so much. If you have a question, give us a call here, 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843, and we'll answer it live on air. If you have a dad joke, don't call. <laughs> we'll leave that for Graham. This is Matt Minicus. Give me the Bible, star of gladness gleaming, 
to cheer the wander lone and tempest-tossed. No storm can hide that peaceful radiance beneath, since Jesus came to seek and save the lost. Give me the Bible, holy message shining. Thy light shall guide me in the narrow way. Precept and promise, law and love combining. Till night shall vanish in eternal day. Give me the Bible when my heart is broken. When sin and grief have filled my soul with fear Give me the precious words by Jesus spoken Hold up faith's lamp to show my Savior dear Give me the Bible, holy message shining Thy light shall guide me in the narrow way Precept and promise, law and love combining Till night shall vanish in eternal day Give me the Bible, all my steps enlightened. Teach me the danger of these realms below. That lamp of safety or the gloom shall brighten. That light alone the path of peace can show. Give me the Bible, holy message shining. Thy light shall guide me in the narrow way Precept and promise, law and love combining Till night shall vanish in eternal day In eternal day In eternal day Welcome back. You're listening to Faith of M's Breakfast Show and we're at the end of our program and we're going to be giving away not one, not two, not three, but four giveaways today. That's right. We're having a smorgasbord of prizes because we have four different Bibles. Four different Bibles. I have a KJV. I have an NKJV. I have an NIV and I have a Spanish Bible. I have four Bibles. Give us a call. We're going to give these away to the first four callers. If if you're the first person to call in, you can pick which one you want out of the four. For the second person to call in, you can pick which one you want out of three. I want the Santa Biblia. Do you even speak Spanish? (laughs) No. No, of course you don't, Lyle. Four Bibles. Give us a call right now. First four callers will get these. 
one of these. So 1-800-FAITH-FM is 1-800-324-843, 1-800-FAITH-FM. Lyle, we have some interesting news, some special news. We have a Christmas celebration service happening, the Let Us Adore Him oh, program. Yes, absolutely. This will be outstanding. This will be, f- and it's free. It's free. It's literally a free Christmas celebration, free Christmas party uh, from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. on the 22nd of December at Maitland Seventh-day Adventist Church, which is 72 Brunswick Street in East Maitland here in Newcastle. You're going to be doing a special presentation, Lyle. Yes. Now, listen, if anyone has ever been to a music program put on by Dr. Soyam Easton, don't miss it. Yeah, music and speech. Forgiveness. It's easier said than done. But now there's a new approach to help us be more forgiving. A program called Forgive to Live. It's designed to help us all improve our lives. You'll discover the healing power of forgiveness. A relationship breakdown, long-term hurt, unresolved conflict. Through Forgive to Live, you can break this cycle and start living a more forgiving life. So if you're keen to take that first step, head to forgivetolive.org.au. The world waits for a miracle The heart longs for a little bit of hope Oh, come Oh, come, Emmanuel A child prays for peace on earth And she's calling now from a sea of hurt Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel And can you Messiah, the Prince of Peace has come 